Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down, track by track. And on the turntable this week, whether you like it or not, it's Spin by Darren Hayes. Yes, and we don't have a strange relationship with Darren Hayes. We actually have a very nice one because this isn't the first time we've talked about Darren on Track by Track, is it? No, yeah, we have gone track by track through his second album, The Tension and the Spark, which we did a while ago now. That was during year one of Track by Track. But also during the first lockdowns when we were tweeting along to albums with some incredible musicians, Darren was one of those legends that joined us to tweet along to the tension and the spark and will that was quite a biggie wasn't it it was and do you know what that was a real moment in time doing those tweet alongs darren was a biggie uh, we were trending on twitter worldwide for a good good thing this time yes <laughs> not an awful daily mail article about you did you take into the courts in the end or yeah, and I won £40,000 in libel. So, uh oh. me, actually. And, and I had the last it... laugh, because it was true. <laughs> and you gambled it all on one horse and lost it all. Yes. Uh, so, uh, what, were we, what were we saying? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, tweet-alongs. <laughs> Great fun. We had some big names with us. Darren, Mel, Bananarama, uh, many others. Many others. Should we do it again? Well, no. Sort of run its course, hasn't it? Uh, it was a moment in time is the nicer way to say that. Uh, and does t- does transport you back. Uh, just like this album does, actually, because this was 2002, wasn't it? Yes, and that is why we are talking about it this week. This album was first released 20 years ago, this very week. This was the debut from Darren. And obviously he's gone on to have such a wonderful and varied career uh, as well as his many solo albums his work with Savage Garden his collaborations most recently with Cub Sport uh, he's also written apparently a musical he's also dabbled in comedy as well uh, and it's all come full circle because he's back with us again now releasing some and I'm and I gotta say very good new music yeah fantastic pop music i was so pleasantly surprised when i saw that he was coming back because it you know it'd been about 10 years hadn't it it felt like he really had just put that to an end and was working on his other projects but it's so amazing to have darren hayes the pop star back did you see see him uh, headlining i think pride in sydney recently uh, i saw some of the clips of it he's looking good well i didn't think you were actually there <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Just flew over. Don't tell Greta. And do you know? I can't believe well. He's looking fantastic, as I said. He's going to be fifty in a few weeks. He's looking very good for fifty. And I'm not looking saying that because he might be listening. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Uh, I'll have what he's having. So, spin. This was da- uh, Darren's first solo release after Savage Garden, uh, and it was released in March in 2002 in Australia. A little bit further down the line uh, across the rest of the world. Uh, Alongside this, uh, he toured. He released his full solo force. uh, And the force was with him. He's a big Star Wars fan as well, actually. So that was an accident, but it worked out quite nicely saying that then. And Will, were you a fan of Savage Garden? And then that led to this? Or did you go in as a fan of Darren Hayes? I was a big fan of Savage Garden. I remember when I first heard... I think it was on Heartbreak High that they played I Want You, which was the debut single from that. And I remember the next day at school, everybody was talking about it and they loved that song. And then it came out and it was uh, such a huge hit. Do you remember Heartbreak High? I remember it. I never watched it. Oh, why not? It wasn't allowed. Oh, why not? Apparently the, the subject matter was a little bit mature for me. I'm a little bit younger. It didn't shy away. It was a bit grittier than the than the kind of hijinks of the high schoolers in Neighbours and Home and Away at the time. But yeah, it was still on at tea time, so they, they had to be careful. Not that you asked, but um, 
for me, I loved the singles of Savage Garden, <laughs> particularly to the moon and back. But I was never really into them. I remember a friend from school, Zoe. Hello, Zoe, if you're listening. She was she's, mad on Savage not. Garden. Uh, she might be. Um, but as soon as Darren became a solo artist, for some reason, I was so interested in, in what this was going to sound like. And I was so hooked from the off. Wow. It sounds like Darren wasn't the only one that got a little crush back when he was mm. younger. So there's lots to talk about in this album. Some great tracks, some great uh, B-sides, some great remixes, also some great uh, personnel involved. I can mm. see some familiar names in there, Dan. Some I'm looking old forward friends. to mentioning. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few jokes as well. Uh, <laughs> well, that'd be a nice change. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get stuck into side one, track one. And Dan, this is something you're no stranger to. And this isn't about us. Strange relationship. that strange relationship then the first track on the first solo album from darren hayes and what i love about this is that it feels like he really is evolving as an artist it's much more experimental it's much more moody it's much more kind of in the detail of the production than you might expect from a savage garden track and that's not to put down savage garden at all but it feels definitely like a a step forward as an artist but still so full of those pop sensibilities that create such an incredible earworm of a track. It's a funky, a funkier number than it's this second single. It was it's a funkier number than Insatiable, uh, and I think it's very reminiscent of a lot of the pop that's around on the turn of the century, which is what it was. Uh, but I think we're going to come back to this many times in this episode. The lyrics, the writing. This, for me, is one of the things that I love about Darren Hayes and his uh, stunning oeuvre when you look at uh, some, of the, some of the tracks and some of the lyrics that he's written. And, you know, what he's talking about here, I know for a fact... Well, I don't know for a fact, actually, because I haven't spoken to him, but I've read that this is about a past relationship. And, you know, this is what a lot of this album does touch on. And, you know, that whole pleasure and pain, happy and sad, good and bad uh, malarkey is very evident in not just the lyrics, but in the in the way this song kind of moves and sounds. Yeah, likewise, the, the lyrics on this album have really stood out to me more than on a lot of albums that we've done for a while. I don't remember them just being so prominent and so kind of descriptive and honest and storytelling and you know every single song pretty much every single song on this album is a love song of some sort isn't it and actually if you look through Darren's career and and the Savage Garden tracks as well he you know he's not one of those artists that's writing about really random just you know the kitchen utensils or whatever he's writing about relationships and love they say write about what you know kitchen utensils indeed uh now was Darren because it's obviously about relationships. Was Darren? I don't think Darren was out at the time of this album, but I mean, it could have been about anyone. These lyrics, but still very personal, without sharing maybe something you know he wasn't ready to, or maybe maybe he was ready to, maybe he just wasn't allowed to. I don't, I don't know. Ignore me. I don't know. But it's when you do compare it to other gay artists or gay uh, pop stars and people in bands at the time, it is mad to think that around this time, if a pop star like Stephen Gately or Mark Fahili from Westlife had to come out. It was front page news. I don't think it would be the case nowadays. Or do you think it still would? I don't know. I don't think it would. I mean, it would still be newsworthy, not that it should be. Uh, but I think a lot of people kind of live their lives very happily without thinking, or a lot of famous people do. I think there's probably still some very high profile people that don't. Hmm. Uh, and you do read about people that have 
not done it because they've been strongly advised it would impact their career. And a lot of people, when they come out in the public eye, say, well, I was always told, but I just, I needed to not live a lie anymore. Now, I'm sure you've been waiting for this, Will, but I just have to compliment Darren's organ. It's so (laughs) prominent and grandiose on this track, isn't it? Mm, mm. I think the first time I became aware of the presence of it, I was open-mouthed. Yeah, very much so. Uh, uh, Yeah, and actually, at the end, I was wanting more. Well, it, and I'm glad, it does surprise me because it does build and build and build and you think you can't take any more. Although, of course, this was a single and it had to be butchered into a radio edit. So I'm sure we probably do lose some of the incredible organ and that phenomenal outro for the radio edit. I think, honestly, just the thought of butchering an impressive organ is just, I mean, it just doesn't bear thinking about, does it? Dan, this was the second single to be released. It got to number 15 in the UK singles chart. Can you tell us what else was going on, please? I can tell you exactly what else was going on. So this was July of 2002. As you said, this entered at 15 and peaked at 15. Other new entries ahead of it. Tim Deluxe with It Just Won't Do at number 14. DD with Forever at number 12. Brian Adams with Here I Am at number 5. Ashante with Foolish at number 4. And at number one, a new entry for Gareth Gates with Any One of Us, Stupid Mistake. Which we've already done karaoke for this one, so. (laughs) And he did make a stupid mistake. But elsewhere, just to give you a flavour, Will, elsewhere in the charts, in the top ten, Scooter with the logical song, Elvis and JXL with a little less conversation, Jennifer Lopez, I'm going to be alright, Nelly Hot in here, Calling Wherever You Will Go, Christina Millian When You Look At Me, and Red Hot Chili Peppers, By The Way. And on writing and production of this one, Will, uh, as you said, there's lots of familiar names and faces, if, if you can see their photos on this one. Uh, on production throughout is Walter Afanasieff. Walter is an absolute legend. We've talked about him before. He has worked on Mariah Carey's All I Want For Christmas Is You, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. He's worked on songs for Disney films like Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and he has been a longtime collaborator of... Darren Hayes. And on the writing on this track, it's Greg Bieck. Greg is based in Nashville, Tennessee, and he has worked with the likes of Savage Garden, Barbra Streisand, and Pavarotti. Oh, your three favourite for a mixed bag? (laughs) (laughs) A very mixed bag. A very mixed bag. Let's move on now to track number two. Here's a big one. Insatiable. And Dan, I think we made it through that track without shattering our windows, uh, trying to sing along. Somehow, just about. It's very difficult to sing that one, isn't it? It makes it look so easy. And we talked about Darren's lyrics, but what about his amazing vocal, uh, which is, I think, at its strongest on this track? Yeah, wholeheartedly agree. I think, of course, this was the first solo track we heard from Darren, and it's clear why it was released. Not only is it an incredibly crafted song, but the delivery of it is, you know, second to no few singers can sing like that. This is a way to launch yourself uh, out into the solo pop stardom just by showing it's not about the production or the production is lovely. It's about your voice and what you can do with it. And ah, also it's one lovely song, beautiful lyrics. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it is a ballad. So to hear you say that, Will, it must be a very finely crafted ballad. No, don't think you've backed me down an alleyway where I can't escape again. <laughs> there is more ballad-esque stuff on this album than this. I think this is like, it reminds me of the sort of stadium ballad-esque pop tracks that Adele is very well known for now. Yeah, 
I also think there's something a little bit theatrical about it as well. What is that a gay joke? No, seriously, I just think it's, <laughs> it's quite grandiose the way it builds, the the way that it's kind of delivered in two different uh, singing styles. And you know, I would call it a big ballad moment, but also it's definitely got that beat and that rhythm to it as well. It's quite interesting. It did kind of made me think that when bands break up and when singers go on to solo careers quite often it will be a ballad first uh george michael with careless whisper which actually was released before wham split up and also he put andrew ridgely on writing credits because he knew it was going to be a big hit and he wanted andrew to benefit from that i think it was a lovely thing to do oh that's quite arrogant as well actually uh and gary barlow with forever love Apparently, Howard Donald did help him write it, but he purposefully left him off the writing credits. Do you know what? I wouldn't put it past him, mm. actually. Yeah. Apparently, they've, they've swept it under the carpet now because Gary, Gary gave him a £50 note. Oh. And uh, Howard went down to the offie. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, he probably went down to Holland and Barrett. Yes. And bought some, uh, whatever, all that stuff you can get down there. Uh, and he gets one for a penny, doesn't he? If he gets paid full <laughs> price for one. <laughs> He bloody loves the penny sale at Holland and Barrett. Oh, Dan, do you know who else would have loved the penny sale at Holland and Barrett? Oh, I know exactly who you're going to say. Captain Dan. Sir Tom. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I just thought her, her dresser was probably full of different pills and lotions and poultices. And, uh, and if she's feeling a bit peckish, she'd just grab a handful of nuts. And when you say her dresser, do you mean Paul Burrell? Well, and he did like to grab a handful of nuts. Yes, he did, didn't he? And all of her furniture. And, what say, and whatever else was lying around. <laughs> Poor cow. <laughs> I, I know he listens. Pie. Hello, Paul. Hope you're well. Hiya, Paul, love. He'll do anything for money, so maybe we could get him on. <laughs> I've got a question for you, actually, Will. Based on the lyrics, yes. as you said, the lyrics are stunning on this one. Uh, one that stood out to me. Has anyone ever fallen asleep inside of you? I think you've misheard, haven't you? (laughs) That's the lyric. The moonlight plays upon your skin. A kiss that lingers takes me in. I fall asleep inside of you. There are no words. There's only truth. You're talking about a kiss. (laughs) (laughs) A special, special kiss on, in a special place. (laughs) (laughs) This was the, this was the debut single. How did it do, Dan? So this one entered and peaked at number eight in March of 2002. Interestingly, well, we've talked about this week before because during the same week at number 14, a new entry from Pet Shop Boys with Home and Dry. And lots of new entries, as we would have spoken about uh, during the Pet Shop Boys episode, Will. George Michael with Freak at number seven. Blue and Flyby at number six. Marilyn Manson with Tainted Love at number five. And Gareth Gates again with Unchained Melody at number one. And elsewhere, there's not much left to say elsewhere in the top ten. But just to give you even more of a flavour of the time, uh, Gareth knocked off Will Young with Anything Is Possible. Uh, Which is... Number three, Ali G and Shaggy with Majuli. Majuli, you know me, love you, truly. <laughs> From my head down to me coolies. Turn me on with your big Babylons. I can't even remember that. Disgusting. Uh, Shakira with Whenever, Wherever, Nickelback, How You Remind Me, and Lasgo with Something. Ah, oh, There was something. <laughs> There's nothing like it. (laughs) Something in your eyes. (laughs) And this one was written with the aforementioned Walter Afanasieff. I'm so sorry, Walter, if I'm saying your name wrong, by the way. Interestingly, Steps Link, of course, Darren recently wrote 100 Years of Winter. Days of Winter. Days of Winter uh, with Walter for Steps. And I feel like a lot of people talked about Darren writing this song for Steps, but you know, which is a huge thing, but for have to have Darren and Walter both contributing to that song is massive. Uh, and we did talk to Steps about the Darren writing that track, but we couldn't hear their answer because the fire alarm was going oh, off. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our What the Future Holds Part 2 episode, it's a barrel of laughs to listen back to, but to actually be there for the experience and to edit it was a bloody nightmare. I've never heard Lisa Scott Lee say the F word before. I have. 
when Claire and H uh, <laughs> wrote her a letter. Fucking hell. <laughs> Track number three, then. This is a heart attack. This is a heart attack. This is heart attack. We used to stick together. This is one of my favourites on the album. I just love how different this is to Strange Relationship and Insatiable. Almost feels like something that could have been on uh, The Tension and the Spark because it's a lot more electronic. It's quite moody. It's quite erratic as well. I, I think just in the style and the and the tempo, it does. It could be a little bit like a kind of a heart attack in its in the way it feels. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. Like, Perhaps it, it could cause a listener a heart attack. They could have been so shocked by this track at this point on this album. Mm. And I find it fascinating that this was once again written and produced by Walter because it's such a different track to Insatiable. But I guess when these two writers come together, you know, they can create anything. They can create big, stunning ballads. They can create this, which is, you know, it is still a love song, but of a completely different kind. And I just think it's flawless. The production and particularly the percussion on this one is something else. Actually, a little bit sort of Michael Jackson-esque. I was going to say it was a little bit like Destiny's Child at the start. Oh. The way it kind of takes a little while to kick in and you've got this kind of really jittery, juddery uh, production and you're not sure quite how it's going to go. And I love that because this is... Track three on a debut album from a from a big star. You've had the singles. What's going to happen next? I think it definitely shows once again, as I said right at the start, that this is a showcase of Darren Hayes, the artist, not the member of Savage Garden, not just a singer songwriter, but you know a real artist who's in the detail of all of it. And in this song particularly, there's there's you know fantastic breaks in the track and fantastic instrumentalization that just, you know, helps to create this sonic sound. Mm. Track number four, then. Oh, I miss you. I miss us. miss you there and this is a lovely slice of mid-tempo r&b pop that just hits that sweet spot of the late 90s early noughties in the pop charts doesn't it not that this was a single obviously it was an album track what a great album track oh and it was an album it was a single it was a single hang on i'll do it again (laughs) and it really hits that sweet spot in the charts with that doesn't it it's so well placed to have been released yeah, and actually... Because it was a single. It was a single. <laughs> and actually, before listening to this album in preparation for the episode, because I hadn't listened to it for a little while, in my mind, this was a much more stripped back, a very acoustic track. So when I listened to it, and I've been listening to this album a hell of a lot, actually, the last few weeks, I love those just electronic flourishes throughout. Just, mm. you know, adds to the production, adds to the feel keeps i think certainly for us keeps our interest peaked rather than it being just a again a, a guitar and vocal which in, in some cases is wonderful but in the place of this album i like what they've done with it did you know so it's got to number 20 in the uk singles chart uh, in the video it was rose bean who's or burn uh who's uh you know quite a big actress no i did not know it was her and yes she's huge isn't she yeah You'll probably remember her mainly from uh, Bridesmaids. Yes, she is fantastic in that. When are they doing a sequel of that? They really should, shouldn't they? 
Apparently she had a large part in Troy as well. Well, he had a large part in her. Oh, yeah. Who was who was Troy in Troy? Was it Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. Well, we all know his his part. Have you seen that one? What? His part. Yeah. Hmm, I'll have to Google that later. I've not seen that. Oh, I'll text, I'll text you a picture. Oh, make sure it is him and not you again. You did that last time with the... <laughs> In the Will Young one. <laughs> In the bath. <laughs> I tell it was you with those tiles. <laughs> and as you said, Will, this was a single. This was the third single in the UK from the album. Uh, elsewhere, it was the fourth. This entered the chart at number 20. And cue the chart music, because I am going to count down the top 20, because there are so many track-by-track favourites in here. Ooh. And just looking through it, it just transported me back to the time. So, number 20, Darren Hayes with I Miss You. Number 19, Shaggy with Hey Sexy Lady. Feel free to join in with some karaoke whenever you want, Will. Uh, 18, (laughs) Craig David with What's Your Flavour. Seventeen Avril Lavigne with Complicated. Sixteen Romeo and Christina Milian. It's all gravy. Fifteen Queens of the Stone Age with No One Knows. Fourteen a new entry for Sophia Lispector with Music Gets the Best of Me. Thirteen a new entry for Britney Spears with I Love Rock and Roll. Twelve is Madonna with Dine of the Day. Eleven is Blue with One Love. Ten is a new entry for the aforementioned H and Claire with All Out of Love. Nine is Big Brothers with New Flow. Eight, Justin Timberlake, Like I Love You. Seven, a new entry for Danny Minogue with Put the Needle on It. Six, a new entry for Missy Elliott with Work It. Five, it's Last Ketchup with the Ketchup Song. Four, a new entry for Shania Twain with I'm Gonna Get You Good. Three, it's Nelly and Kelly with Dilemma. Two, DJ Sammy with Heaven. And number one, a new entry for Westlife with Unbreakable. Do you feel like you're in the in Q4 2002, Will? That's really taking me back. And it's making me think, actually, we should get on to our mate, Mr. Pop Music Activism, for one more time the night 20... 2002. 2002, yeah. 2002, yes. I thought that was what you said, yeah. <laughs> Purposely. Actually, Will, I think he did that one quite recently. Oh, I was otherwise engaged. Track number five now. Creeping Up On You. Hello. on you there and again what an intro to this song it's all about the beat it's all about the strings and again i feel like this could be something quite michael jackson-esque again could be a little bit george michael-esque but you mentioned before about destiny's child and i think the production of this is quite sort of dark child and what they were doing at the time yes so i can definitely hear what you're saying It, it basically this came out in 2002 and it sounds very 2002 and that is no bad thing. And I would say also a bit Stargate as well in the production because there are so many flourishes in there that you would have heard on a Britney track, on a Christina track, uh, on a Billy Piper track even. And this, and absolutely not criticising or, or making a, making little of that because I think it just sounds would have sounded... I mean, this is an album track in the middle of the album, so you would really have to be into Darren to be, to be into this at track five. But great. Love it. Really great. And there's an old friend on production. Yes, Will, it is Rick Knowles. We haven't spoken about him for a while, actually, have we? No, but DIY SOS is based, uh, produced in Bristol. And I ran into Nick on the street the other day outside the BBC here. And I asked him about his memories of working with Darren Hayes. And he looked at me like I was mad. I'm not surprised. Well, it's Rick Knowles. Not Nick Knowles. You've done this oh, before. How many more times are going to fall in that trap? Oh, it's man trap. It, it, Mangina. <laughs> it is, of course, Rick Knowles. We have spoken about him so many times. He has worked with the likes of 
Adele and Stevie Nicks and Dua Lipa. Three artists there that we haven't actually done on track by track yet. Um, but just looking at some of the songs that he's produced over the years, You Get What You Give by The New Radicals, In A Smile by Texas and Loud Places by Jamie XX. So just like a whole, you know, he's experimented with so many genres and so many different sounds. And definitely, again, here, working with uh, an artist who's just come from, would you call Savage Garden a boy band, Will? No. Yeah, I think they were a boy band at the time. Yeah, you're right. Uh, just going <laughs> to chop, chop in a yeah there in the, in the edit. <laughs> but to work with Darren and, again, create this incredible, strong album track. Number six now. Dirty. Dirty. Too dirty to clean my act up. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking like first class, acting like a cheap date, honey, driven smile, so stunned that you know what you do. Don't you, baby? Add that penetrate heat. Dirty there, dirty girl. Uh, and it is quite a quite a saucy song, actually. Talking about, do you like that? Do you want this? Oh, blimey! Do you want it, sir? <laughs> uh, but again, it carries on the production style and sound of the of the last track. And this sounds like something. And this is, this is a bit of a reach. This one, but. If you remember Human Nature, the Australian boy band, sounds a little bit like something they were doing around that time as well. Human Nature? Mmm. They weren't big in the UK. I remember them, but they weren't... It didn't take off, did it? No, they had a, they had a couple of hits. Uh, he Don't Love You, which was very good. Uh, but again, just the production and the oohs and the ahs and the, all the, that sort of stuff, you know? Very, yeah, very like that. Yeah, because it's got a real funk to this one and i think everything everyone that i've likened some of these funkier songs to before again it sounds like that it sounds in that vein um and this is once again darren and walter writing uh, together so clearly they they were looking to create this sound and they successfully delivered it as well do you think they sort of made a good single i i do actually i mean i think all the single choices that came out were right but i do think this could have done well i think there could have been a great video for it i think there could have been some great remixes for it but as we often say there's something nice isn't there about having this track that you know if you haven't delved into the album then you've you've missed out on this this is for the fans yeah the treats for the for the fans listening to the whole album and i love the fact these two two tracks well and come a third one as well actually coming up in a minute that are just you know absolutely banging right in the middle of the album hmm my favourite bit on this one, Will, which uh, I think might be the same as you, is um, during the middle eight when it's singing about you make me want to bam da bam bam bam. Do you want to bam da bam bam bam? Absolutely. Shut the blinds, baby. Let the door slam. Ooh. Oh, I just <laughs> you shivered, went down me then. I feel like you just came over a little queer. <laughs> and. <laughs> But yeah, it is a great track, and you know we get we're a few album tracks in now to the album. It's showing no signs of of petering out, for want of a better phrase. Let's chuck another single on the Barbie, shall we? Here is track number seven, Crush, nineteen So that's Crush 1980 Me. Uh, Dan, my favourite song on the album by A Country Mile. I love this flavour of Darren. Where he's all nostalgic, all 80s, all electronic. And I was obsessed with this song when it came out. I just thought it was just, just brilliant. Yeah, this is one of my favourites on here. I love that. You know, it fits in with this sound and with the style of this album, but also introduces a brand new sound because, of course, it's called crushed 1980 me 
And it's so 80s inspired with the electronics, with the vocoder, with the guitar, with the beats in there. And then, of course, the lyrics, which is kind of just listing mm. Cindy Lauper, Jackson, Simon Labana, put your rhythmics on. There's frosted lipstick, parachute pants, Doc Martens. Uh, I just love. This is one of those songs where I just love just listening to it and trying to capture every single thing he's saying. And I can remember the video. It was all diners and pinball machines and drive-ins and uh, convertible topless uh, businesses, uh, cars, topless business. Uh, <laughs> topless models. <laughs> they got a couple of pastry stunners down for the day. From the 80s, Linda Lasardi yeah. and Sam Fox. <laughs> I think we've yeah. all agreed some of Britain's best breasts on display there. Uh, and they were all natural back in the day as well. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot to be said for natural breasts. <laughs> We've got a lot to say about natural breasts, actually, haven't we? <laughs> Which you can listen to in our new Patreon-only series. <laughs> Britain's Best Breast. <laughs> and it was Linda Lasardi's left one from 1984. Not the book. <laughs> uh, anyway... This was, um, so Dan, I'm going to turn this around and actually tell you something about the production. So this was co-written and produced by Robert Conley. And you may think this track does stand out a bit on this album because of how different it sounds to some of the other tracks. Well, Robert Conley went on to work with Darren on The Tension of the Spark. Uh, And they they collaborated together on that whole album. And maybe, you know, Darren really loved this sound and this direction and that collaboration and thought, I just want to do a whole album like that. And thank goodness he did. Thank God. Thank God for that collaboration. Also, Robert Connolly's bringing such uh, an incredible body of work with him because he's worked with the likes of uh, Kiss. So kind of some of that guitar work and some of that edgier sound and side of this. Uh, But also he went on to work with Destiny's Child and Jessica Simpson and Christina Aguilera. So definitely that kind of early noughties pop R&B sound. This was a single, it was the last single to be released uh, of the album. It got to number 19 in the UK. Dan, for the love of God, don't go through the whole top 20 again. Unless it's good. We haven't got time. Um, So yeah, interestingly, as I said before, this was the third single elsewhere. And when that was released, actually entered the charts at number 97 as an import uh, in September of 2002, but then much later in February of 2003 is when this entered and peaked at number 19. And new entries in the top 10 that week from Craig David with Hidden Agenda, Jürgen Vries featuring CMC with the opera song Brave New World, CMC, of course, uh, Charlotte Church, Uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce Knowles with Bonnie and Clyde, but at number one, David Snedden with Stop Living the Lie. Oh, I used to quite like David Snedden. You fancied him. A little bit. Uh, obviously, David Sen's gone on to be a huge songwriter, hugely successful beyond just a short-lived solo pop career for himself off the back of Fame Academy. Oh. Dan, quick quest, quick test for you. What was the name of the headmaster of the Fame Academy? Richard Park. Yeah. Well or done. Park or Parks. I loved Fame Academy. I loved, obviously, it was the BBC's answer to Pop Idol, wasn't it? And it was a bit more BBC, the fact that it was some sort of school. But I loved it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I went to see uh, a comic relief does Fame Academy. You went being there recorded in the because yeah. it was all kind of set in the like there's a staircase in the building. Like, yeah, was it just some sort of TV studio really? No, it was in the old mayoral building on the south bank of London. Oh, really? Hmm. Wow. Oh, who was who was performing when you when you went to see it? Oh, I can't remember now. It was a long time ago. It was a different time. It was. He was on a lot of drugs. Lots of money. Track number eight now, and this is good enough. If I woke up late, couldn't get out of bed. If I bought you a cafe latte instead. If I lied when I said 32 inches was the size of my waist. And can I admit every once in a while, even though I did, I'll turn it stop occasionally. I can be caught dancing to Britney And can I confess That art house doesn't turn me on but I like So good enough there And a great change of pace From Crush that came before it 
little bit more slowed down, but still, there's a lot going on in this track, isn't there? There's so many elements in the sound of this track. Mm. It's beautifully layered, and it's kind of like quite a low-key electro ballad, but with a nice beat going through it. But for me, just the lyrics, if you read the lyrics, it just sounds like verse, a poem in itself. And, you know, lots of references around dancing to Britney and loving Spielberg and, you know, how he grew up and uh, losing his hair, which he hasn't got a lovely head of hair. Mm. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's um, wonderful, some wonderful words to it as well, which just are very him. Yeah. And it's just as with Crush, when I listen to this one, and especially because they're back to back as well, I find that there's so much to listen to in the lyrics that I kind of I can't do two things at once I have to just listen to the words it's that kind of thing where I think I was walking back from somewhere listening to it and I forgot part of the journey that I'd walked because I was just so absorbed in the song you ended up at Woolwich Arsenal yes (laughs) you ended up taking up the Woolwich Arsenal Uh, oh that's quite vulgar actually (laughs) and as well it's very relatable the idea of Art House doesn't turn me on, but I like every single thing that Spielberg's done. We can relate to that. Common as book. It's very honest, and I appreciate honesty, Will. Track number nine now. I can't ever get enough of you. I can see the sun and I can feel the rain. I can hear the wind call your name. I can feel really elevates this for me is that stunning chorus uh, again with some lovely production flourishes in it and it did remind me of another artist who was around around the same time uh, and that we have never talked about and don't hear of anymore Natasha Bedingfield yes something in the way the chorus is delivered almost a little bit unwritten not the chorus is unwritten. It sounds a bit like it. Again, another track that's beautifully uh, written lyrics uh, and story to it as well. And also, I Can't Ever Get Enough of You is a feeling very relatable, very, very much a feeling I'm sure we've all had. Yeah. This is, we said before, you know, Darren specialises in love songs of various genres and various styles, but this potentially feels like the most traditional love song on here i think maybe i miss you maybe it's on 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 a par with i miss you i would say i think i miss you for me just yeah it's probably more so more like that i see nick's pulled his white van up and is uh, producing this one as well yes nick is here well this is the first of uh three songs that rick sorry is producing uh, as we get towards the end of the album. But while this song was playing well, I was thinking about Darren being back now, playing live again. He is, of course, going out on tour in Australia. He's announced a tour there, and hopefully he'll bring that to the UK. Um, but what do you want to hear from a live Darren Hay show? Because he's said that there's going to be Savage Garden, there's going to be solo stuff. His four set uh, set at the Mardi Gras was three Savage Garden songs and only one solo song. What, what what do you want to hear? More Savage Garden? More of this album? More of the latest I mean, stuff? He's, he's playing for the masses there, isn't he? For, for him, I would love to hear a bit of everything. Obviously, we'd probably want to have a bit of Truly Madly Deeply or something like that. But I would love to hear some stuff from this delicate thing we made and Attention in the Spark uh, as well. There's so much to choose from. Yeah. Um, do you know one of my favourite Darren Hayes songs is uh, On the Verge of Something Wonderful. Just so... <laughs> so optimistic so yeah it's such a great track let i mean we are going to get on to talk about the two other solo albums that exist aren't we but then of course we've got the new album coming up as well so there's lots more darren hayes to come if you're enjoying this and if you're not enjoying this there's lots more darren hayes to come 
<laughs> uh, yeah, Like It or Not, which is track 10 now. Told you I just can't tell my flight to America. Would you call me insane? Everything I have has been neatly contained into the contents of a Samson backpack. Me locked up two suitcases and I'm coming to see. So, like it or not, there, and what a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. And this is a highly stylized. Uh, overly bluely saturated uh, face uh, and neck, and and is that a tie and a collar? Knees and toes, knees and toes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's looking super cool there. He's got some curtains coming down over his uh, sunglasses, and then you've just got a uh, black background with Darren Hayes' spin. I think it's really, really tastefully done. Not a patch on the tension of the spark cover obviously because that's just extremely stylized and fantastic but i like this cover i like the aviators aviators oh. mm. it's got as soon as it means business like he, this is again he's coming forward as darren hayes the solo artist it's sunglasses it's the shirt and tie he's not messing about will he could be lord sugar's next apprentice oh yes uh, but this track, anyway, it's, uh, for me, uh, not my favourite track on the album. It's very nice, very pleasant, uh, with some nice little touches in there. But it's not set my world on fire. What do you think? Yeah, I think this would probably have been my artwork choice. Um, just, you know, there's been some lovely ballads on here. But this is the one that, for me, just isn't quite as strong as the rest, but it's still an incredibly written, well-produced song, of course, and any other artist, I'm sure, would give the right arm for it. Um, but when I saw Like It or Not on the track list, and before I played the album for the first time in a while, I just found that I had Madonna's Like It or Not from Confessions in my head. Uh, another another artist Darren is a huge fan of. Mm. As we might come on to talk to a bit later. Track number 11 now. What are you like? That's the penultimate track on the album, What You Like. I absolutely love this track. And in particular, mm. I love the build of it. It's so quite stark and so percussive at the start. A really nice kind of melody that Darren's singing over it. But what I really love is how it just merges into the chorus. And I think some tracks, the chorus slaps you around the face and you, it's instant and it's powerful and you know it's there. And like with this fan. one... Yes, like a big fat fish, Will. <laughs> a big wet fish. <laughs> and th- with this one, I'm I'm a little bit like, are we here? Are we in the chorus? Because I'm really enjoying this, but it, it was just so slick. We just yeah. glided into it. It's love- it just flows really beautifully, doesn't it? And I love the fact that the end of the album does not peter at all you get two the last track we'll come on to in a minute but then you get two really different tracks that kind of lift things back up again but i think this is absolutely beautiful yeah and i meant to say at the start of the episode actually this album i remember i got this for my birthday so it must have been my 16th birthday i think um and it was from a girl i think she had a little crush on me actually um and in the card she said, um, because her and I used to talk, we used to text about everyone else was listening to like dance music or alternative music, but we liked pop music. Uh, and she put in the card, love from your pop loving friend. I thought that was really sweet. And Rita, he married her. Yeah, I did. 
I, I thought you. I thought I was going to say it wasn't there. A, it failed after the first night because the the marriage couldn't be consummated because <laughs> you were absolutely bladdered. Oh yes, that's why. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I, this is one of those albums at the time I would put on. Obviously, it was on CD. That's what we had back then, and I'd put it on my personal CD player and I'd listen to it when I was going to bed, and I'd probably fall asleep listening to Darren. Bit creepy. <laughs> Creeping up on me. <laughs> right, we're on to the last track of the album, and we saved a corker for the last... Well, we haven't. Darren's put a corker on the end of the album. Here is title track. Have we have ever had the title track as the last track? We probably have. I... Well, it's a, it's a rarity, isn't it, if, if we have? Mm. Anyway, here it is. Here's Spin. Change your mind and sing a melody, press rewind. Can move your feet, make your heart skip a beat. Can a simple tune flow through you? When the music feels like this, and you lose control, you gotta go with it. Ten feet high, high in the sky. Problems don't exist when music feels like this. So spin. Last track on the album. This is a great way to wrap up the album. It's kind of like Darren's State of the Union address, where he kind of talks about his view on the world, what's happening on the world. And it's all wrapped around these fantastic Madonna-esque choruses. And just the whole sound of it, so different to anything that's ha- that's come before in the album. Yeah, it's so different. And I love it when artists do put that last track as something a little bit different almost a hint of you know this was chapter one or this was chapter whatever and here's maybe what's going to come next because again it completely suits the album it's a great closer it's a great bookend with strange relationship but so even more experimental with the beats and the samples and the lyrics um but for me it's all about how that chorus it really does spin like sonically, it sounds like you're in the middle of a hurricane or a whirlpool or something like that. And I was thinking, well, actually, imagine how that would sound in spatial audio. Oh, yeah. Wow. And just that line as well, when when the music feels like this, I feel like that is how we could, you know, that's how we could start a sentence talking about this album. When the music feels like this, you know, how else could we not just praise it? Because this has been a very love up lovey dovey episode hasn't it gushy i think i'd probably say well, apart from when we are at each other's throats i probably would have had to take yeah. those out in the edit actually <laughs> also it will just be eight minutes long yes <laughs> now just a word on the album performance before we go into further listening so this album did very well got to number two in the uk uh, and his motherland got to number three, so actually was a bigger hit in oh. the UK than it was in the US. Although it did, uh, and it did sell uh, over three hundred thousand copies, platinum. It also went platinum in Australia as well. Now, the very mixed reviews on this, and when I say mixed, I mean not particularly positive, and I don't necessarily agree with that. Hmm. Quite harsh. And Will, I don't normally do this kind of thing. I wouldn't normally do this kind of thing. But the only other new entry in the top 10 album charts that week was Pet Shop Boys with release at number seven. Ah, what a great week for the album buyer. Mm. Hopefully there's like a two for 20 quid deal in our price or Virgin Megastore that week. W8 Smiths. So further listening, Dan, we have got uh, B-sides, remixes, uh, extra tracks to choose from from this era keeping it strictly in the spin era and i would love for you to go first thank you will we did hint that we might hear from madonna earlier on uh, and this is a little bit of a mashup so this is crush on holiday
So Crush 1980 Me, the Crush on Holiday mix. So it's not an official mashup because this was actually a remix of the track that samples Holiday um, released on the single of Crush. But I just love the the use of that song and particularly when, of course, Crush name checks and is influenced by so much of the 80s. Will, are you a fan? I, I love it. And we had uh, nearly had a bit of a to-do before the recording started because we think we both wanted to do this one uh, for further listening. I love... Darren must have been made up when he got... when Madonna agreed to, to for, it, for the sample to be used on it, being such a huge fan. But I also think it came at a time... And I'll just caveat this by saying, Dan, if you mention that bloody mashup CD that you used to have, I will... I don't know. Mm. But this came at a time when the mashup was really something that was a, a big thing. Danny did it a couple of times as well. Yeah. I had a CD called Mashed and had all of these. Sorry, I didn't hear what you said before. You going on oh, about something, but... you did, because you looked me right in the eye when you said that. <laughs> Defiant. But this version of the song was actually... Uh, the main version used in Australia, interestingly. Oh. On the airwaves and whatnot. Summer, summer vibes. And actually, I feel like I need to correct myself because when I said at the start, it wasn't an official mashup. What I meant was, you know, it wasn't a sort of bootleg. It wasn't um, featuring lyrics from the Madonna song or anything like that. It was put together by Darren and his team uh, as a remix more than anything else. Will, what have you gone for? Uh, so B-side from Insatiable. This is so bad. It's good. Have you ever danced like you wanted to make your daddy mad or <laughs> prove your mama wrong? Um, they listen to this, so I better not answer. Yes. So I love this. It's such a pop banger. I can see why it wasn't on the album, but I think it stands proud in it on its for its own on its own merits. It's just a brilliant uh, pop song. It's just the production is great on this as well. But again. The lyrics, I've just quoted a couple of, of, of memorable ones there. Uh, really good. Yeah, it's a great song. I wasn't really aware of this one, Will, until uh, it was going to be one of your further listening choices. But what I love, as I love that it was the B-side to Insatiable because it kind of assured fans that, you know, Darren wasn't going completely ballad-esque in his solo work. He was still going to be a very... Uh, he was still going to be an artist that, you know, gave the fast songs, gave the slow songs... Uh, but also, he was throughout his career, he's been so generous with B-sides and remixes and covers. We love that in an artist. We're, We're out, of, out time. of time. That was Darren Hayes. That was Spin. Cool, we certainly gabbed on a bit today. I'm, I'm sure we'll get edited down, hopefully. Yeah, 20, 20 minutes on this one, I think. <laughs> Do let us know what you think about Darren Hayes. Uh, his first album and his new music as well which you will have enjoyed on our recent new music drop as well fantastic new single from him uh, let us know at Track by Track UK across our social media and of course this episode is available to everyone everywhere but if you want weekly episodes then do join us on Patreon where you will get exclusive episodes brand new series early access to episodes with the artists themselves and voting on future episodes so we'll see you again soon on Patreon, on your podcasting platform of choice. And uh, and take care. Take care, look after each other and yourselves. So until next time, I've been Nick Knowles. And I've been dancing like I've made your daddy mad. Don't often do. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yes, fresh from the BBC and its DIY show, it's Nick Knowles. Oh, I'm fucking furious with you. Why? Were you going to do that? Because you knew I was going to make a joke about Nick Knowles. And I had a brilliant one lined up as well. 
I remember him being a Star Wars fan because during the tweet alongs, we also had a quiz on the Instagram stories and you wrote the quiz, but I input it all. And one of the questions was, what is he a fan of? And the answer was, of course, Star Wars. But I put it wrong on the quiz thing. So the answer came up as Star Trek. And you messaged me furiously saying, it's not Star Trek, it's Star Wars. And of course, he's also a big fan of men's members. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) The force is strong with them. He's had a, been great through his career. Darren Hayes, who passed away today. Oh, I should have been creeping up on you. 